Okay. <clears throat> let's 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 jump in here. I've distracted us enough with the peripherals. Um if you did not tune in on Wednesday to unedited chats, you're going to need to, not want to, but you're going to need to go back and give that a listen. It should be up on the podcast. Am I? Yes, I am right. I like being right. And I am right. You can listen to it on the podcast. Um, um, so check out either on YouTube, Facebook, or on the podcast, Wednesday's unedited chats, because um, really you can't, I can't really improve on what was said on Wednesday. It was exactly what needed to be said concerning testimony and prophecy, because that's what we're talking about. We're in a key holder series, and this week's title is Testimony Concerning Revelation 19.10. You know what's so funny? It actually says in my notes, 19.21. I get this twisted all the time. If you listen to me on Wednesday, you would have already known this. But even this morning, when I went to go and read back through this portion of scripture, I turned to Revelation 21. Because for whatever reason, I get the reference confused on a regular basis. Sorry, I am like 100% distracted. Okay, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> okay. Um, what, let's just start at the beginning of Revelation 19 and, and work our way through. Okay. So if you brought your Bibles, which you should be bringing your Bible to church friends, because it is part of the testimony of Jesus Christ, right? The word compiled. Isn't it such a privilege that we have Bibles? Sometimes I just stop and I ponder that and I'm like, what a privilege, it's such a privilege to have stories like this. To, and oftentimes we just use it for those moments when we're just wanting to be inspired <laughs> rather than it becoming like a daily routine that we nourish ourselves with the words that are in our Bibles. But we know full well that it is Jesus Christ who is the word of God by him. Oh, gosh, they're trying to get me this morning. That was wrong on so many levels. But let's start at the beginning of chapter 19. After this, we're in Revelations 19. After this, I heard what seemed to be the roar of a great multitude of voices saying, just in case you aren't picturing that correctly or even kind of tuning in, that was a roar of a great multitude. I don't know when the last time you were in that kind of a scenario where there was a legit roar coming from the people in unison declaring the same thing. It's powerful to imagine. I can't imagine like actually being in it, actually being surrounded by that kind of a noise coming from people. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Can you do it with a little more volume? Yeah, and that doesn't even touch it, right? And we're talking a powerful roar. Salvation and glory and power to our God. And it wasn't just the hallelujah that had a roar. It was this entire section. Hallelujah. 
Salvation and glory and power to our God. All his judgments are right and true. Do we agree with that on a regular basis? All of his judgments are right and true. Something was brought to my attention this morning. And this is, some of the scenarios that God speaks to me through are just kind of silly scenarios, but they'll speak. Trust me, it'll, it'll speak to you. You'll understand it. We sold a shampoo and conditioner yesterday at full price plus a styling, a bottle of styling product, and the total came to over $200. And we felt a little guilty. <laughs> it felt like sticker shock to, to ring this all up and then be like, here's your total. Um, this has happened a couple of times yesterday where we were like, actually, we had this one moment where a guest was checking out, and we were like, not it. And Vince finally got up and went to the bathroom. Such a, <laughs> such a weak moment for him. <laughs> Actually, we both ran away and left John there, and he wasn't even clocked in. But anyway, there, there, is, there were these moments where there was like we knew that it would be major sticker shock because of the cost of what was being transacted, right? And, and so I was still like mulling over the, the checkout of this, this one guest and considering the cost of a shampoo, conditioner, and styling product being over $200. And God broke in in the middle of this and says, this is so profound to me, but he was just like, Angie, people will never be able to pull the full value from a product if they don't pay the price. And I was like, dang, that'll preach Jesus. And I knew what he was talking about because I knew where we were going. The entirety of this book of Revelation is about the cost, about him pulling the full value from the price that he paid. And he wasn't looking for the deal, right? Jesus wasn't looking for the sale. Do you know that? He wasn't looking for the sale. He wasn't looking for the discount. He wasn't looking for the orange clearance sticker. Jesus was looking, he's even pulling. You can find him in parts of scripture where he's actually pulling greater cost, right? He goes toe to toe with the religious leaders of the day and then puts on display, watch me work, right? He gets himself in trouble with the religious leaders over and over and over and over again, healing people on the Sabbath, doing things that were outside of the law on a regular basis. This is just who he is because he's pulling cost. He's, he's, it's like he's, he's got a, it's like he's got a, a calculator and he's just sitting there and he's doing figures over and over and over again. Oh, that's not enough. And he's just figuring it all in. Hanging out with tax collectors, harlots, Pharisees, fishermen, people who owe the government money. Right? I mean, he's pushing things, pushing the cost because he intends to get the full value on the price he paid, which involves us, right? It involves us. 
you know that I love the Moravian anthem that says the Lamb of God is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. But we forget too quickly that we are it. We are the reward. We are the reward. I have to become a living testimony of who he is. This can only, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power to our God. All his judgments are right and true for he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her sexual immorality. He has avenged on her the blood of his loving servants. And again, they shouted, hallelujah. Say it. Hallelujah. Oh gosh, that's just fun. The smoke from her destruction goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell face down and they worshiped God who sits on the throne saying in agreement, amen, hallelujah. I saw you. <laughs> Robin can hardly contain herself and I'm loving it. Oh gosh. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you, his loving servants and all who reverence and honor him. Those who are lowly and those who are great. Don't you love this? Can you feel like everybody wanting to participate in the hallelujah? Right? Like they just all when they're like Robin and they're sitting on the end of the seat, like, ah! Right? They have a reaction to the one who is worthy to receive the reward. Yes? Okay. I know. Okay. Yes. Then I heard what seemed to be the thunderous voice of a great multitude. I love it when things are repeated. Man, I'm making myself lightheaded. Like the sound of a massive waterfall. Okay, so now it's not just a roar. Now we're adding in a waterfall. Anybody ever been to a waterfall? I've been to the tubes out at Tuttle Creek <laughs> when they've got the things open all the way. That's loud. You can't hear the person next to you. Wonder if that's what this was like. You can't hear the person next to you. Even if they're screaming, you can't hear the person next to you. I love it. Like the sound of a massive waterfall and mighty peals of thunder crying out. Hallelujah! Yeah! <laughs> For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt him and give him glory. Because the wedding celebration, the Lamb has come. Why don't we get more excited about things like that? For the wedding celebration of the Lamb has come. It's come to that. And his bride has made herself ready. Gosh, you guys, let's partner with that. The bride has made herself ready. What does that look like? I think that we need to spend some time asking, what does that look like? Who's the bride? We are. We're the bride. And are we spending the appropriate time making ourselves ready for the supper of the lamb? Oh my gosh. This is exciting. Fine linen, shining bright and clear, has been given to her to wear. 
and the fine linen represents the righteous deeds of his holy believers, those who believe. Those who believe. And in order to believe in the one Jesus Christ, the Lamb, we have to believe that we are who he says we are because we are a living testimony. And that's where the hallelujah comes in, right? I'm a living testimony. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. (laughs) I love that. Then the angel said to me, write these words. Wonderfully blessed are those who are invited to feast at the wedding celebration of the Lamb. And then he said to me, these are the true words of God. At this, I fell face down at the angel's feet to worship him. But he stopped me and said, don't do this, for I am only a fellow servant with you. And one of your brothers and sisters who cling to what Jesus testifies. Worship God. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. I love that. I love being reminded that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. It, one, reminds me that I need to better regard the gift, right? And that it's not just a gift. There is a spirit that comes with that realm of prophecy. What? There's a spirit attached to this realm that we get to enter into. You know, in those times where we all get to prophesy, where we all know things that we shouldn't, there's a spirit of prophecy in the room. We've all been under the influence of the spirit of prophecy and just haven't known it, haven't regarded it. And I'm wondering what would happen if we did? How much further could we go if we did regard it? Should we keep breathing? It gets good. Then, we're in verse 11. Then I saw heaven opened, and suddenly a white horse appeared. The name on the one riding it was faithful and true. And with pure righteousness, he judges and rides to battle. He wore many regal crowns, and his eyes were flashing like flames of fire. We sing about that. He had a secret name inscribed, on him that's known only to God. Following him on white horses were the armies of heaven, wearing white fine linen, pure and bright. A sharp sword came from his mouth with which to conquer the nations, and he will shepherd them with an iron scepter. He will trample out the wine in the winepress of the wrath of God. On his robe and on his thigh, he had inscribed a name. King of kings and Lord of lords. I wrote down a couple of things from a, um, what do you call those things? Commentary. Lost my my train of thought. Um, This is what it says. The spirit of prophecy is the reality, the substance, disposition, and characteristic of the prophecy. Thus, The testimony of Jesus is the reality, disposition, and characteristic of prophetic utterance. We only have the ability to prophesy things that are within the nature of Jesus Christ. And if we aren't, 
then we've missed who he is. And to take that a little bit further, God was even showing me that anything that is prophesied outside of holiness lacks an accelerant. And I think this is our problem. I think that, that we can point to this and say, we've just not rightly regarded who he is. In order for us to put on holiness, we have to first regard his holiness. And if holiness acts as an accelerant to the prophetic, we need to get our act together. And this isn't clean up so God will like you. God likes you. He's received you into himself. He did that on the cross. That's a done deal. But if we want to see things moving at a quicker pace, if we don't want to go around this mountain a hundred more times, then we need the accelerant of holiness in our lives so that we can see the fruit. Anybody want to see the fruit of the prophetic word on your life? Hallelujah! <laughs> I don't know why that makes me giggle. Okay. Oh, this is good too. The, the commentary goes on. He is the word of God made manifest. We know that. The word of God is the definition, explanation, and expression of God. And so are we, you know? So are we. I want us to turn to Luke chapter 1. I was just walking past, minding my own business, looked down and noticed the, the license plate. And it was 156 RUX. And I was like, huh, 156 RUX didn't mean anything to me. And God's like, I need you to know the meaning. And I was like, Okay, you know those moments when you just know he's being like very clear, like you need to like stop, pause, pay attention. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, Jesus, I could really like lean in and think, okay, this has to relate to scripture in some way, but I don't know which of the chapters, chapter ones in the Bible have 56 verses, probably not very many. Turns out there's only one, made my search easy. Thank you, Jesus. And it actually is about... Mary going off to be with Elizabeth. And we know what transpires. First, we know that she's visited by an angel. She's told she's going to carry the Christ child, right? And, and, and be not afraid, Mary. And she asks the questions. And then, you know, she has the whole moment. She's like, oh, okay, right? Angie's, Angie's translation. And then she runs off because he also tells her that your, your cousin Elizabeth is also a child. And Mary knows Elizabeth's too old for that business. And so she's like, I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see what's going on. And you know how the story goes. So Jesus and Mary moves John the Baptist and Elizabeth. Yes? Upon greeting one another, John the Baptist leaps inside of Elizabeth. It's, it's bad enough that she's old and pregnant. But now she's dealing with a leaping baby. And, and she's overcome with joy. And she's like, oh my gosh, who is this who's carrying my Lord? Right? 
what a greeting. I mean, Elizabeth is clearly in sync with Jesus, in sync with God, right? She knows what's going on. Because the baby inside her gave testimony of Jesus Christ. And then scripture, the, the actual verse at 156, it talks about Mary staying with Elizabeth for three months. Now, it was customary for a woman in that culture, in that time, to lay low for three months to make sure that the pregnancy takes. And God started talking to me about this concerning prophecy and how we're, we're so quick to shelf the thing and move on, waiting for the next thing to come along. We don't take the three months for it to take. And the R-U-X, you could simply just say rucks. And I looked that up and I was like, what is rucks? <laughs> and it's actually a company. It's a company that sells, manufactures and sells equipment to, to um, carry things for like rugged adventures. And so I all of a sudden knew everything that it was that he was wanting me to understand. I'm like, okay, you're wanting us to more closely regard the things that you're speaking to us and not be so quick to move on to the next latest greatest because in our drive-through generation, that is what we do, even concerning the testimony of Jesus Christ. We're like, thank you for that word. And we walk out the doors and we don't even regard it. But we need to be more like Mary who responds immediately and she's like, look at me, I'm carrying the Lord Jesus Christ. She runs, hallelujah, she runs off to see cousin Elizabeth to see if she's pregnant. So she's confirming what it is that God has spoken into motion, right? And then she stays and she allows that thing to grow within her, right? She cares for the seed that has been planted inside of her. And we need to regard prophecy in the same way. It's seed. And what are you doing to water that seed? The best person Mary could be with during those first three months was Elizabeth, the one who could testify of what was taking place inside of her. Who do you know that can hold you, host you with the seed that God has planted to help you grow that thing? Who's going to water it on a regular basis? Who's going to remind you of who you are prophetically rather than your faults? Who's going to hold you accountable to the thing that God has said over your life? Who do you have in your life that will do that? Thank you. That's important. It's important that we hold one another accountable, which means that we've got to hold one another accountable to holiness, right? If it's the accelerate, we have to hold one another accountable to holiness. What are you doing in your life that's actually going to grow this thing and not um, in, in, a, in a pure way, and because I think so often our, our, the, the way that, that we grow the, the prophetic in our lives ends up looking like, you know, a head that's five times bigger than the body, you know, it's, it's morphed into something that it was never meant to be because we lack holiness in our lives. And I'm not going to define that for you. 
you have to get before the Lord and ask him, what does holiness look like in my life? Let him judge you. We already read that. His judgments are right. You, you agreed by your hallelujah. Exactly. Another thing that, that Jesus, is it okay if I just share like my own encounters with the Lord? Um, <laughs> the other thing that, that Jesus was reminding me of was uh, years ago, God started to talk to me about the, the prophets in the Old Testament and, and really pointing to how they partnered with the word of God. We know that, that, he, that Jesus is regarded as the word of God made flesh, right? And he started to reveal to me that, that he, would, he would drop words in his prophets, his friends, right? Who he shared his secrets with. And when they gave utterance to who the Messiah would become, they began to speak his life into motion. And then it's a mystery, right? We know that we've got Mary, but there is no man involved, right? And so God was showing me that he took those, those prophetic utterances and created a seed to combine with the eggs in Mary to create Jesus Christ because he is the word spoken. And you can take that to your own prayer closet. This is Angie's own revelation, Angie's own encounter time. From, from years past, he, God was really just, it was a very intimate season of my life where he was revealing some things to me. But this is what he said to me as I was preparing this. He's like, you know, Angie, perhaps if um, Ezekiel would have followed through with what I commanded him to do, to lie upon the um, feces of humanity rather than the exchange of the feces of animals, Jesus would have been born in the inn rather than the barn. And it gave some reality for me because what they did, how they partnered, the prophets in the Old Testament, how they partnered with the word of the Lord mattered. It mattered. It mattered very much. I realize that that's kind of a crazy scenario, but God does things to get our attention. If you don't know, Ezekiel was commanded to lie naked upon poop for a good span of time, longer than I would be willing to. And Ezekiel said, God, I will do what you say, but only if it's like animal poo rather than human poo, right? And so we, we can look through scripture and we can see we can see Jesus. And another thing that we have to look at is when Jesus is described in the Old Testament, it says that he's not a man that is attractive, right? Why do you think that is? He's not a man that was attractive to look upon. You know why I believe that is? It's because God partnered with people like you and me to speak forth the word of the Lord. He wasn't so concerned about them getting it fully right just that they do it, right? It's amazing to me the level of trust that he has put in flesh like me, you know? 
His story, his testimony handed down from generation to generation, starting with Adam, to get it right. And perhaps that's why he wasn't all that attractive to look upon. I don't know. But what I want for us is to steward the words over our lives well so that we can be the reward, so we can be the value of the cost, of the price that he paid. Yes? Okay, here's what I want us to do. I want us to, I talked to Robin earlier, and she's going to play. And we're going to read through a couple of chapters in Revelation, chapters 21 and 22. We'll probably kind of jump around in there. And this is what I want us to practice. We know that this is a book of of testimony of Jesus. So we are going to enter into that space in the heavenlies. You're going to have to stir yourself. So some of y'all are looking a little bit bored and you need to stir yourself. Sit up straight and stir yourself because this is full participation. We're going to practice entering into the testimony of Jesus Christ and giving him back the value he so greatly deserves. So what we're going to do is as as we read, Vince is going to come up and read also, as we read, we're going to take some praise breaks because God is wanting to establish his government. And we know that he establishes his throne on the praises of his people. And if you don't offer him up a sacrifice of praise this morning, he can't get the full value of his reward. So we're going to read until we feel that stirring, until we feel that prompting to stop and give him praise. We don't read our Bibles right. We read them to complete a mission. But if we read them to establish his government through us on the earth today, we will begin to see the transformation that we long to see. Yes? Yes. Yes. So why don't we stand? I think that that's probably the best posture to take. Then in a vision, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and earth had passed away, and the sea no longer existed. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of the heavenly realm from the presence of God like a pleasing bride that had been prepared for her husband, adorned for her wedding. And I heard a thunderous voice from the throne saying, Look! God's tabernacle is with human beings. And from now on, he will tabernacle with them as their God. Now God himself will have his home with them. God with them will be their God. 
He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and eliminate death entirely. Wow. No one will mourn or weep any longer. The pain of wounds will no longer exist, for the old order has ceased. I don't know about you guys, but when I read the part about being adorned for her wedding, that's me. That's us. We are being adorned for a wedding feast. So can we just take the time to praise him that he is preparing us as his bride? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. spoke to me and said, consider this. I am making everything new and fresh. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. That was weak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. It's making everything new and fresh. Write down at once all that I have told you because each word is trustworthy and dependable. Then he said to me, it has been accomplished. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh my gosh. For I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water to all who are thirsty, 
and my gracious gift, they will continuously drink from the fountain of living water. The conquering ones will inherit these gifts from me. I will continue to be their God, and they will continue being children for me. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the, the despicable, the murderers, the perverts, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all deceivers, they will find their place in the lake of fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the last seven plagues came to me and said, Come, and I will show you the beautiful bride, the wife of the Lamb. He carried me away in the realm of the Spirit to the top of a great high mountain. There he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of the heaven from God. It was infused with the glory of God, and its radiance was like that of a very rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a massive high wall with 12 gates, and each gate had an angel. Each gate had written upon it the name of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The city wall had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city, its gates, and walls. The city was laid out in a perfect square. The city was pure gold, clear as crystal, and its wall was made of jasper. The 12 foundations of the wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysop, whatever that is, the eleventh turquoise, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates and twelve are twelve pearls, each gate made of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, clear as crystal. Can I just say that our mentality of escapism, that someday in the sweet by and by I'm going to heaven, is hogwash. This city is coming out of the heavens to be established on the earth. Come on. Yes. This is his master plan. Can we get excited maybe just a little bit? Nothing but perfection coming out of the heavens to be established on the earth for you and I to dwell within. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to this. This city has no need for the sun or moon to shine. For the glory of God is its light. And its lamp is the lamb. The people will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their wealth into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, standing always open because there is no night there. People will bring the glory and wealth of the nations into it. Evil will not enter, nor anyone who does what is abhorrent or deceitful, but only those 
whose names are written in the book of life of the Lamb. You're not excited? Chapter 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of ripe fruit, according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And every curse will be broken and no longer exist. For the throne of God and the Lamb will be there in the city. There's healing for the nations. Every curse will be broken and no longer exist. There will be nothing holding you back. Thank you, Jesus. His loving servants will serve him. They will see constantly his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They will never need the light of the sun or a lamp, because the Lord God will shine on them. And they will reign as kings forever and ever. Thank <laughs> you. 
then the angel said to me, these words are entirely trustworthy and true. For the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his loving servants what must occur swiftly. Behold, I come quickly. Wonderfully blessed is the one who carefully guards the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw it all, I fell face down to worship the messenger who showed me these things. But he said to me, don't do it. I am but a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets. And with those who cling to the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, don't keep secret the prophetic words of this book. For the time is near. Let the evildoers be at their worst and the morally filthy continue in their depravity. Yet the righteous will still do what is right and the holy will still be holy. Join with 
says, Behold, I am coming quickly. I bring my reward with me to repay everyone according to their works. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the completion. Wonderfully blessed are those who wash their robes white so they can access the tree of life and enter the city of bliss by its open gates. Those not permitted to enter are outside. The malicious hypocrites, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, murderers, idolaters, and every lover of lies. I, Jesus, sent my angel to you to give you this testimony to share with my congregations. I am the bright morning star, both David's spiritual root and his descendant. Come, says the Holy Spirit, and the bride in divine duet. Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, Come. Let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, Come. And let everyone who craves the gift of living waters come and drink it freely. It is my gift to you. Come. I testify to everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone subtracts from the prophetic words of this book, God will remove his portion from the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. The one who testifies to this thing says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, my Lord, or come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, come, come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, come, Lord Jesus, come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.
We sing your praise. We sing your praises. Sing your praises aloud. Sing your praises aloud. Sing your praises aloud. We sing your praises aloud. Hallelujah. Spirit and the bride say, Come. Spirit and the bride say, Come.
Thank you, Jesus. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Spirit, God. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. 